This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening, everybody, and welcome once again to Come On Kind with myself, Martin Quilty, and... And I'm Onya Fahey. We are here this evening uh, for episode eight of Come On Kind. This is, of course, season two, and we have a busy bumper schedule podcast for you this evening. We're going to start off with the minor uh, All-Ireland semi-final that Kilkenny contested yesterday against Galway. Unfortunately, it didn't go the stripey women's way with Galway coming away with a five-point victory in that one. So back-to-back All-Ireland's in 2022 is not going to be possible for this year. But we have indeed got Mike Wall, the manager of the Kilkenny minor team on the line with us. Mike, you're very welcome to Come On Kind. Thank you very much, Martin. Yeah, good. Uh, yeah, just as we were saying, it was uh, a bad day at the office for the uh, the Kilkenny girls yesterday. Um, a five-point defeat to Galway. Uh, they kind of got their revenge back after beating them in the semi-final um, last year. So you've had 24 hours to digest the result of the game. So how's the, the feeling today or your overall thoughts on it? Sure, look, Martin, huge disappointment. Um, huge disappointment. Um, I don't think, you know, anyone that was up there that certainly certainly wouldn't have thought we wouldn't have blessed uh, ourselves or, you know, displayed ourselves in much in glory up there yesterday. We didn't play to our potential. We certainly didn't play to how we were, how we're capable of playing, but, Look, it's both that sport. It's not. It's not like a. It's not like a button. You can't. You can't turn it on and off. Never it feels like it. Look, Galway were very good yesterday. They were extremely hungry. Um, I suppose it was probably one of the most unusual games that I've ever been involved with, either as a player, manager, coach. Um, it just, I suppose, up to up to the up to twenty minutes. I think it was. I thought, I thought we were. I wouldn't say cruising, but we were well in control of the game. We were we were two two one to a point up, and again, a very unfortunate incident then happened where the uh, it looks like a cruciate ligament injury in one of the Galway girls or a knee injury. In Shannon Parkins, her name. We wish her all the very very best. But um, that stopped the game for a number of minutes, and uh, it was like the the return of the dreaded water break, and uh, it just it kind of. It kind of galvanised them, and it seemed to suck the life out of us because where we were winning nearly every position on the field before that, um, it went up there. Before after that, up to half time, we only scored a point, and uh, it just yeah, seemed that we just whatever moment. It took you a while to get going. Um, your first score didn't come until the seventh minute. Galway struck first. He seemed kind of a small bit nervous up to that point of the seven minutes, but immediately after that, like uh, I think it was uh, Emma Shortle got a goal after seven minutes. That was followed up very quickly by Amy Brennan. So that was two quick goals in succession. I suppose the, the turning point of that couple of, you know, when the first quarter came on the 11th minute mark when Amy Clifford was in one-on-one. Now, she couldn't really have done much more um, had a fantastic shot at the goal and it was saved by Laura Franey that could have pushed you three goals to a point up um, didn't happen but as you say you were coasting up until the 20th minute mark then poor Shannon gets an injury and Galway just hit you on the bounce then with uh, I think it was six points uh, in a row without reply and that's really done a bit of damage to you Yeah it did as I said and, and they hit him in quick succession too um, they hit, they hit it, and like we we'd missed uh, we'd missed a few opportunities before that. Like in your 
you were right with Amy. Like Amy done absolutely everything right. It was just uh, probably, if I'm to be honest, the greatest save I've ever seen on a hurling field because not only did she save it, she she somehow controlled control is an absolute rocket so I think it's one of these things where you you know you bow your head and say look the save was better than the shot and there's nothing that can be done with that but like you know nine times out of ten or nine nine times out of a hundred that that would have that would have gone in and um you know I suppose they they hit their chances then I think I think all in all I'm not sure if they had a wide in the first half um where we we I think we had five or six wides in the first half Alone, let alone let alone the second half. So I think it look. I suppose half time we still within a point ahead. We had no way to go against the wind. There wasn't a massive wind, so we won't use that as an excuse. But I suppose going in at half time, we should have been probably going in five, six points, maybe even seven points ahead, and and only went in a point ahead. So but we knew we'd enough enough in, in battle in the second half. And um, look, unfortunately, it just wasn't to be our day. And Mick, first of all, commiserations obviously to yourself and all the girls and you know your management team at the weekend. But do you think, um, I suppose, for Galway, do you think that they nearly had the edge because they had a quarter final played, whereas yourselves had probably that four or five week break where, you know, yes, you were probably playing in-house matches, but you know yourself like nothing can compete, can compete against a really good competitive match. Do you think that's maybe where Galway had the edge, particularly in the final, in the final straight, they're, they're just able to push it out a bit further? Yeah, I suppose we spoke about this on the we spoke about this on the podcast. I think um, I think it was after the Clare game, and um, yeah, look, Galway had two competitive games since our last one. They had um, it just it just the way. Look, again, wasn't did did it help them? It certainly did. Um, but like I suppose we we knew that was our face from the way the draw was done. That we our first two games, them, you know, Galway said the first weekend when we played Waterford. And they had a gap in the middle. So when we were completely finished after our two games, Galway had their last group game against Dublin, and then they had their quarter final against Wexford, which they both won fairly comfortably. Mm. Um, but we tried our best to get get challenge matches. They worked. We tried within the county. We tried outside the county. Um, they worked. It's a tough time of the year to get them, especially when you're most of your teams you're you're going to be playing are, are in the same group as you. Or the same um, same competition. So look, there's no point saying that um, two matches that Galway have did stand to them. It certainly did. They um, because they lost their first game to Cork. Yeah. Um, now I know um, their manager was telling me they were they were missing a number their number of club girls for that for that game. And again, that was like hours. That was just the day after the Loretto and the presentation in Galway went to extra time. So yeah. um, they felt they were more prepared. Um, that game, that game became very, very quick for them. But they kind of had a nice. When you look at it, like they had a week off after that, and then they had two weeks off the, the quarter final, and then a week. So they probably they probably had a nicer run in than we had. Mm-hmm. But you reverse the role. Same happened to us last year. Yeah. Um, Galway were in the same, and it didn't fall well for that. So look, maybe that is maybe that is the. You know, any any manager or coach will tell you you can't beat competitive games. Yes. Our our in house games are very good, but you know they don't lack the same. They don't have the same 
the same intensity of any competition game, you know yourself that. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose, you know, the tension kind of turns now straight into the to the Leinster Championship. You know, will you be kind of going with the frame of mind that, you know, some of the girls, this will be their last year to play at minor level or will you be kind of maybe trying to develop girls that will be available for next year? Well, look, I, I suppose that's a good question, Anya. Like, we, we haven't really talked about the Leinster Championship up to now. Um, look, I suppose we're gonna we're gonna treat the competition with with the respect it deserves. Um, you know, last year or in twenty twenty, you know, we would have gladly taken the Leinster Championship. I suppose in twenty twenty, the the minor team had their Leinster Championship started and then taken away from them due to COVID. So, um, look, we're we're going to go out and we're going to put out what we feel is the best team. We have two teams in that competition. We have we have a team playing in the A division. We have a semi-final against Offaly on the 16th. And um, we have a team in the in the B side of the draw, which um, they're playing with Mead, um on the second, third, third of April. So, look, we're going to go out. Um, actually, the girls spoke about that um, yesterday on the way home that you know they want to they want to get back out and they want that next good run at that. So, look, it's, it's probably it's probably nice. It's, it's, look, we we'll turn our attention back. We we'll do our very best in that competition. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly won't make up for the disappointment of, the, of yesterday. The girls were absolutely gutted. Um, but look, it it still is a nice way that they still have something to play for in their minor in their in, for their last year in minor. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose the fact that Kilkenny having two teams in, it is giving every girl the opportunity to get game time, and especially for girls that is potentially probably their last year at minor level. It must be a huge boost for you. But how do you maintain two teams um, for training? Is, are you going to be over this? Are you, I take it you're taking on both teams into this grade? Well, we've, we've kept we've kept um, we've kept the panel on you all all the time up, up along. When we picked our panel, we picked 48 that would um, that would. Um, with 48 in mind that that 48 would go through and represent the county in, in both um, and like you know at the start you know an awful lot of people thought that, that, that that's a very big panel to be to be carrying we would have been lost without us because at, at, you know, at the start of the year because we had so many girls missing um, with, with school commitments with club commitments um, leaving certs and all like that so like you know even when we have such a big panel there's still a number of girls out every week with you know, flus, colds, COVID, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So, like, yeah, that's that, that's what we've done. We have we have our two panels together. Um, we haven't actually sat down and um, you know divided out A and B at the moment because we were we were all in training together. It was open for any girl, any girl because they made the, the match day thirty and the start fifteen at any stage. So, look, we've been working as best we can. And look, as I said, we were blessed this year. To, to have such a big panel because if we hadn't there would have been times especially coming up to that water game um, and the week leading up to the clear game which afterwards like our, our panel size um, for training that week was about 15-16 so Yeah it'll be a busy few weeks for yourselves Mick but um, I suppose overall it won't be a, a total loss of a season if we can come away and you know get a, a piece of silverware for the girls and especially maybe as Anya said for the girls that won't be at minor level um, you know for uh, for this year coming um, or forever again because it'll be their last year in it so to be nice to uh, to get a bit of silverware for them girls in their last year at minor Oh yeah look 100%, 100% like as I said you know back in 2020 they would, they would have been a huge effort put in 
um, by the, um, the, the team of girls and the management team that was over the team then for the Leinster Championship because they, they for some reason were told they were going to play a Leinster Championship instead of their All-Ireland series So, and like our own with the under-16s that year that was cut short so look it won't be a complete another loss like look again you know I suppose any time um, you know the final four any Galway, Tipperary and Cork I suppose any time we're getting down to the final four and competing like as I said we, we look back there today we were I suppose we were fierce disappointed to only score two three, um, as I said, it doesn't the scoreline doesn't really reflect the game. I know anyone that was there will have their own opinions on it, but like we did drive a number of wide, we did like we did create like four or five goal opportunities. Galway didn't didn't get through in our goal at all, and I think that's that's a definite, um, you know, a big well done and a big pat in the back to the six defenders and the two girls in midfield too, because they they absolutely soaked up some amount of pressure. And there, so look, as I said, sport is cruel. Yesterday was just one of these days that no matter what we've done in the second half, we couldn't get the ball between the posts. And, and even in, in long stages in the first half with the, with definitely the line share of possession and, as I said, in, in cruise control in most positions and some of the performances in that opening 20 minutes by the guards was, were a joy to watch, like the hooking, the blocking, the tackling from them. But look, as I said, it's, it's small little things that can turn sport. Um, as I said, these are still kids at the end of the day. Um, and look, it was just a, it was just a very unfortunate day. But look, we're hugely proud of that bunch. Absolutely hugely proud. They could have given no more yesterday. They really could have. There was not one player that, that played that didn't give everything that was in them. And, exactly, uh, and, and why? Yeah, and why wouldn't you be proud of them? Um, as Anya said, make commiserations on the uh, defeat yesterday. We know that we'll be uh, following the Leinster Championship as it continues on, uh, with the B team out in just a couple of weeks' time in their uh, game against Westmeath. We'll be following it too, and then getting to the semi final then. Um, as well against Offaly later on but as we say as always thank you for your uh, participation in Come On Kind and coming on with us um, I know it's not easy to do it it is when you win games it's not easy to do it when you're uh, on the end of a defeat so thank you very much for your time as always and we'll follow the Leinster Championship with uh, great anticipation no problem at all, Martin. Thanks very much. Lovely. Thanks for that. That was, of course, Mike Wall, the minor manager. Um, and Anya, it's uh, it's a, a bad day, I suppose, to be a, a bad result. Great day for um, Galway. It's a completely contrast game. It's hard to actually push down and fathom and get statistics and the whole lot on it because for the first seven minutes... Galway were on top. Kilkenny took over from seven minutes up to the 20th minute mark and really with the amount of possession that they had, they should have been well ahead compared to 2-1 to a point up. Then we had the unfortunate injury to uh, to Shannon Corker. Now, the poor girl, it was innocuous. Galway were having a free and we don't know whatever way it happened, whether she twisted something or whatever, but the girl was certainly in pain. There was a lengthy delay um, while she was getting treated. And Galway just took over. It was like as if they flicked a switch um, and a completely different team came out uh, for the remainder of that half. They scored six points unanswered, went into almost the break level. Uh, Emma Minogue got a fantastic point at half time to lead 2-2 two, two to seven points. And really the damage was done in that uh, small period between the, the 25th minute and the 32nd minute with those six unanswered points. And again, in the second half, you think 
okay, we need to get a good start here. They didn't. Galway came back out again, scored four points unanswered. Kilkenny had their first shot at goal in 13 minutes. Um, and even the last 10 minutes of the game when Galway went down to 14 players because uh, Alwyn Rabbit got two yellow cards, there was no score in that 10-minute period. Um, and when you don't score more than one point in 30-plus minutes uh, in an All-Ireland semi-final, you don't really deserve to win it. No, it's very hard. And I suppose for, you know, the Kilkenny girls, you know, it's very, you know, it was a very unfortunate day for them. But I suppose you have to kind of hand it to Galway. If it was any other team that had one of their players go down and get such a terrible injury, like the heads would nearly go down. But it's like nearly the way you're talking about it, it's like nearly Galway just kind of they got their tails up and they just went for it and they're nearly doing it for their teammate. And, you know, then to go down to 14, 14 players with 10 minutes left and you know, nothing really in the game at that stage. You would have thought that Kilkenny could have literally maybe pushed on a bit further, but it just showed the resilience that was in that Galway side and that they wanted to keep going and they wanted to do it. So, you know, overall, you would have to say that Galway showed massive character to lose a player in the first half, then to be sent down to 14 players in the second half and to push on to win a game by five points. Again, a very, very good Kilkenny team. Like, you know, they are the current reigning um, All-Ireland champions. And, you know, we all know that they have 18 or 19 of those girls from last year's panel. So, you know, it was a very strong Kilkenny team. You know, it's just unfortunate that you have your good days and you have your bad days. And just unfortunately, yesterday, Galway caught Kilkenny on, on a bad day. Um, but, you know, with all due respect to Galway, they just But you wouldn't to have said that in the first, mm-hmm. you know, as I say, the 20 minutes because Kilkenny were on top in that 20 minutes period. They were coasting. If you were a Galway supporter at the game, you were worried. Yeah. Jesus, what's this going to end up like? Is it going to be an awful beating or, you know, are we going to get air kind of a chance at all? Because Kilkenny really were on top and that came from the half back line. The half back line was immense along with the full back line. And even when the pressure was coming, as Mick said, the backs played tremendously well. Um, you know, shorts back there by my O'Brien and by Emma Minogue. You know, you need a good spine that was there as well. But really, we were getting cleaned out of it nearly um, at midfield. Um, and Avian Barry, the girl that came on, and I said it to Lillian as well afterwards on the way home. I mean, if you were that girl and you're coming on in an all-earned semi-final and you're scoring four points from play, you're wondering to yourself, why the hell was I on the bench in the first place? Like, it was like as if she had a point to prove. And it was like as if a girl, she was possessed, but possessed in a good way because she was immense when she came on. She really turned everything around. Yeah, it's like David Clifford coming on for Kerry the other day at halftime and, you know, slotting in one, two for his team. And I suppose, you know, that just goes to show the strength and the depth that's in the the current Galway team. And I suppose, you know, it's kind of nearly a typical Galway team. They just keep on popping over the points. They don't panic. Like we've seen it in the senior match at the weekend as well there against Tipperary. They just kept on And that's a good point because it was only points. Like they never threatened Ruth feeling in, okay, once potentially, but she put off a fantastic save as well and the backs cleared it. Um, they In the whole of the game, that was the only chance Galway had on goal, but they did. They tagged over the points when they had to. And like, and that's what we see from the, that's what we see from the current Galway senior team. Like they pop over the points. They're clever hurling. Like they're not like overplaying the ball. They're taking every chance when it comes. And if they see a goal chance, yeah, then they'll go for it. But they're being very tactical about all decisions that they're making um, throughout the whole, throughout their whole game. And we can see that clearly with their senior and their intermediate panels as well. But to go six points unanswered, you know, just up to the last minute of the first half and then to go in the second half and get four unanswered points, that's a massive, massive turnover for Galway. And, you know, I suppose that's probably what really stirred it on. And, you know, as we've just mentioned, as we've mentioned already, the player going off injured, you know, 
for any other team, it heads would have gone down, girls would have just dropped. But Galway really just they just pushed on from there. Yep, they certainly did and deserved the victory. You know, they were girls, they were really physically stronger. They were up for it, you know. And as you said earlier on, and I was saying this when the draw was being done originally, was the fact that we were in a semi-final going to hamper our chances because last year we played Limerick, albeit it was might have been an easy quarter final, yeah. but it was a game. Yeah. And it was a competitive game enough that you had going into a semi-final, whereas yesterday we went in cold, you know, yeah. but it's hard to fathom that you go, you win two matches in the league section um, you get into the All-Ireland semi-final and that's it, your season then at minor level is over for the rest of the year, like apart from the, the Leinster Championship. But when it comes to the All-Ireland series, three games, that's it, you're gone. I know it's it's a very quick year and I suppose that kind of, you know, begs to, begs the question, like, you know, is it nearly being spread out too much? Like, you know, it did obviously hamper Kilkenny's preparations, but Kilkenny's preparation going into it, Galway clearly had, you know, a competitive match. And I know Mick is saying like they had great in-house games, but, you know, the point of the, point of the match is like you cannot beat a really good competitive game against another team and I think that's what probably did go against Kilkenny and I think you know with the break that they had you know there would have been the opportunity to like tighten up the minor championship as well you know do you you reduce the groups or what do you do? I don't know. Do you push everybody into the same group and have, have teams playing constantly one week after another and given every team the opportunity to play five or six games even because it is, it is very short. Like they've been working very hard. They were training well before Christmas. I would yeah. imagine November, December. To go out they and held play the trials two, the end of October yeah, nearly like, for it. You know, two games, then an all Ireland semi-final and then your season's gone for three games. Yeah. Like, you know, if that was me, I'd be kind of like, is it really worth it? Is if you it were a senior player uh, asking that kind of a yeah. question, like, I mean, now I know there's a motion going through to Congress that they're trying to put the age group for minors that can only play on the adult teams to uh, over 18, which might help that, okay, it might hamper some of the counties, but at least if it could play minor and senior intermediate, you know, in tandem with one another and run it alternative or even have them as double headers in games and have the same teams in the same groups and yeah. play a minor game before a senior or intermediate game or something and give a bit more coverage to the players and a bit more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, you know, to make it more special for yeah. the minors. Um, you know, but really three games is not a hell of a lot to be doing it. And especially then, and I know we've had this row with the county board meeting as well, because Mick has alluded to it before that the club or the uh, the school's championship was put in onto the minor championship because yeah. that wasn't finished. And then you had girls that was playing two days in a row for other ones. You then have the schools giving out, yeah. um, including some of your uh, former teachers and that, that the school's competitions had always been in the set space that they had with the last number of years. Yeah. And that the Camogie Association then put the minor championships back. But this is the issue we have now with the split season, that something is going to have to give somewhere. You know, whether there be the school's games are played at uh, an earlier time and that the minor competitions then, if the, the age group does go through, that they are then playing as something to give a bit more profile to the minor competition and maybe have it uh, as a curtain raiser to an intermediate or senior game. But something has to give somewhere along the line. Yeah, it certainly does. I think, you know, you look at it now, girls have been playing schools and playing minor. Their camogie is over now for the year, bar the Leinster Championship, which is probably only going to be another two games. Anyway, two or three games max, I would imagine. So like it's... But if you take the A, it's a semi-final. Yeah, like, so probably, okay, definitely one game, hopefully two, potentially is what they're going to play. And so for some of those girls, they've been training for five Five games games, all year. It makes no sense. And the fact that they've just bundled it 
all like, you know, we had the case where we had Kilkenny playing a match on a Saturday and then Loretta going out and playing on the Sunday as well. You know, why couldn't they spread those games out? It, to me, it makes no sense. To me, they literally, they um, put so much, a uh, big mass of heavy workload onto younger. And we have to remember this as well. They're still kids. Yeah. Some of them are still only 16 and 17 years of age. They're children at the end of the day. We're burning them out. I know they'll turn around and say, oh, but they have their leaving cert in June or whatever the case may be. But, you know, we're still, we haven't even hit April yet. We're still in March and the minor championship for the, and the final, if, you know, will be on next weekend or the weekend it's after. On next it, Sunday, it's actually. Going to, yeah. It's over like. So there is plenty of time for girls that they could have actually spread out the minor championship, let the schools, okay, maybe start schools slightly earlier, but still let them finish in the new year and then let the girls focus on the All-Ireland Championship where they're not going to have a three or four week break and then let them progress that way. I don't see why there's a big need for the gap. Okay, I understand. Yeah, split season, COVID, all this nonsense, but there has to be something that has to be done for some of those girls, you know, to be training so hard in the dirtiest of conditions, November, December, back doing trials in October to play three games you know, potentially five with, hopefully five with Leinster Championship. It's really not enough. Like, it, you know, it's it's just not right. And for the effort and the commitment that they put in, you know, we used to have the Hurling All-Ireland. You'd always have the minor All-Ireland on before. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. something like that does need to be done. Like, and I do think, I do think it's a great opportunity for, I do think it's a massive opportunity should, for the Camogie Association to be using the games to play minor games before senior or intermediate games. It not only promotes the games, but it gives like, you know, the younger players, the step, all oh, kind of, you know, we're the curtain raiser for the intermediates or the senior team. It gives them a boost as well. And it's massive for Camogie. It's a and high profile for some exactly. of the girls. And it'll get more people going to matches because obviously if you have two games on, you're going to get a bigger crowd than you would if, if you had one there. And, you know, Camogie is all about, you know, we're trying to promote games, we're trying to get bums on seats, we're trying to do this, that and the other. But, you know, then when it comes down to it, we're not really helping ourselves no. in the way we're like organising the organising years and But I you could have families like you could have a, a girl yeah. that might be on either the senior or intermediate team you have a girl then that's involved with the minor but you flip that around and you go to the under 16 championship where yeah. the Leinster under 16 championship starts first so you know you're building your squad you're building your team you're preparing I mean the under 16s uh, I haven't the fixtures right in front of me at the minute but I think they're guaranteed um, at least three league games before yeah. they go into a knockout stage and then they have the all competition after yeah. the leaving cert in June like why not work the minor almost something is the same and have the games as we said as the curtain raises to a championship game you want high profile games you want more people to be enjoying the sport yeah. so put it that way and see will it work for a season it can't do any harm no it certainly can't and I think you know the way the under 16s is run is so much better like I could never understand okay and I know people are going to say oh but you have girls doing leaving search you have girls that are going to be playing with the intermediates or the seniors or whatever the case may be but I could never understand how an All-Ireland Championship has been played before a Leinster Championship and I know people will say there's logistics behind it we have to you know take into consideration everything else but come on let's call a spade a spade a Leinster Championship should be played before an All-Ireland Championship it's going to be very easy for a lot of those girls to perhaps lose interest over the coming weeks and months and not want to play in a Leinster Championship and I totally get it like they'll feel like why are they why are they going to go out and do it but you know I think that's something where the Camogie Association has to look at it like the Leinster Championship should be played before an All-Ireland Championship at all at all levels 16s, minors, intermediates, seniors it should be like you know I'm a huge huge fan of the Leinster Championship and I'm so delighted it's back in the four for the intermediates and the seniors this year but I just think playing it after an All-Ireland Minor Championship it's a bit of a kind of like it's nearly a second fiddle competition and 
And, you know, are you really going to have the full, like, are you really going to have a full commitment from a panel? Because I remember not so long ago, minor teams were trying to play a Leinster Championship and they were struggling to get 15, 16 girls for it because yeah. it was played after the All-Ireland Championship, played after, you know, all the other things that were going on and the, the interest had just dwindled away from it. And I think, you know, that's where we're going to start losing girls, especially at an age group where girls are more inclined to walk away from sport. We should be doing it right. And this is something now that we have been talking about for a long time when it comes to it. Um, so I just actually have the under 16 fixtures here in front of me. So they get uh, three uh, league games in the A competitions. The playoffs then are down for sometime around the Easter weekend. Um, and then the finals are scheduled in for May. So you know, all ready to go. They'll be over before the junior serp commences and then you work away and you go straight then into the championship at the end of it in June. So yeah, already. Yeah, it's like, it's, it just makes, it makes more sense to me and, and that's my opinion and I'm sure we'll be hit back with a load of reasons as to why it can't be happening. But I think if you're going to make up excuses for it and you haven't tried it, well, I think that's very much wrong in the first place. Try it, as you said, and listen, if it, if it fails, at least you can say we tried it. It doesn't work. We have to go back to, you know, plan A, but at least give it a shot. Like, you know, I think, I think it would have been a very much beneficial for Kilkenny to play in a Leinster Championship and for every team in the country at minor level to play in their interprovincial championship as opposed to going straight into um straight into an All Ireland series. Yeah, I just had uh, John lined up to for the next interview um and I think that he may have to go to uh, to club training shortly. Um but yeah, that's that's the end of the the minor All Ireland series anyway. Um just an update on uh Shannon. Um hopefully that after the scan today that uh, all will be okay. So we're just going to take a quick break while we get John Scott on the uh, phone and we will preview the game coming up for this weekend's uh, Division 2 quarter final. Okay, welcome back to Come On Kind. And we should have, in theory, John Scott on the line with us. John, are you there? I am, Martin. Yep, I'm here. Perfect. Apologies for the uh, delay today. We've got a uh, slightly off track having to have the interview with Sue earlier on for something that's going to come up uh, later on. But the fixture has been uh, confirmed. You're playing Wexford, John, in the quarterfinal uh, at a Wexford venue this weekend. We're not sure whether it's Saturday or Sunday yet, but uh, I suppose... I think it's Sunday. I think it's going to be Sunday now. Is it going to be Sunday. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're looking anywhere. We, we we haven't got official confirmation yet, so we will have to no. wait on it. But your official thoughts on the draw, first of all? Uh, look, it's a tough draw. Um, it's probably one of the teams we were trying to avoid, but look, these things happen. Um, and we'll just get on. We'll just get ready for Wexford. We played them last year in the league, so we kind of know what they're about. You know, they're a good side, you'd have to say. So look, so we'll give it everything that we have. You know, we'll just try and see where we can. Minimize uh, they kind of get good matchups for their good players and stuff like that. They can see where we go. And John, as you said, like it is obviously a tough draw, but you must be very encouraged at the fact that, you know, you're, you have been using the league to, you know, play against, you know, really top tier teams. And, you know, this will probably let you know more so where you stand. And it's another game for you in the league. And that's what you want when, before you head into championship. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. With it, and, that's what we kind of said before, right? Our first aim was to get out of the group. We did that. Now we're in the quarter final. Now, obviously, when you get to the quarter final, you want to you want to go on to the semi final. And um, but that's it. And we as we played a lot of the girls during the league, and we can see where we're at now as well. You know where where those these games will lead us, especially in the league, the games that we did play. 
because that we did try as well. We'll see where they are coming up against top opposition, you know. And, you know, will you have some of the senior girls available to you now that their league champion, that now that their league um, stage is over? Um, well, they probably would be available to us, but I'd say with, cause with, with the girls that we have had the whole way along, kind of true that we've been trying out as well, um, I'd say we'd probably just more or less stick with them. I'd say, no, we start this weekend and see where we are with them. Yeah, see the kind of calibre that because we all know that Wexford have been going very, very well. And I suppose, you know, with the Outlark, the Ballad Girls, I believe there's only one or two of them that are kind of back into the fray as of yet. So they, they'll probably could have a couple of more of them back in. You know, it is obviously going to be a massive test for you, but, you know, a test that I'm sure that you are going to relish. And, you know, you've, you've played Waterford, you've seen what they're made of. They are a senior team too. So you know the level that you need to be up to coming into this quarter final. Exactly, yeah. And the, even going back, just talking about the way that with the Waterford game, uh, uh, now the conditions were horrendous the same way. But even that same, like that team that started against Waterford, I think there was only four or five of the team that played in the All Ireland last year. Yeah. It was on that start fifteen, which is great to see. And it's the same against Westmead. And hopefully, it's it's getting the girls that are just coming up, you know, getting them used to playing in adult hurling and camogie you know and it's it's great to see that coming up against top opposition it's it's brilliant for them as well It certainly is John and we know that you played Wexford uh, last year as well in Wexford and while they had a very good uh, first half he certainly came back into it into the second half and gave them a fairly decent run for their money albeit they did come away with the win that day but uh, I know you certainly won't take them for granted and you won't be uh, too scared of them either like you have played them already so you kind of know a small bit about them before you go and play the fixture this weekend Yeah look exactly we do know a small bit about them but um I do think even last year um, we we gave them a good run for their money in in the second half as you said now the same thing as well the conditions were terrible hopefully the weather that we have this week will stay on over the weekend and we might have a better conditions to play in and uh, look you know now pick any of Wexford Camogie anyway they'll give 100% no matter who they're playing against so I know it's good to see it's good to play against Wexford as well to see a top it's like they are a top senior club county as well so it's great for our girls as well to step up to that level and see where they are Exactly and it'll only help as well going into the Leinster Championship and ultimately then going forward into the uh, the Championship proper as well at the uh, the towards the end of June um, maybe towards the middle to the end of June so uh, any kind of match that you can get especially competitive we were just talking about the minor games and how great it is to get competitive games and this will certainly be one competitive game for yourself John it is, yeah, and yeah, it is, Martin. Like it is great to get competitive games, especially this time of the year, and coming up to coming up to the Leinster Championship and into the main championship. Like teams probably don't want to be playing too many challenge matches coming into that, so it is great to get a competitive games. You know where there is a bit of a bite because there's something at stake for them. Sometimes in the challenge matches, teams will get kind of you know just kind of lackadaisy. But I think now coming up, this is. This is a great opportunity for ourselves even like to play against Wexford, you know. Exactly. Well, we're certainly going to uh, look forward to it again. We'll await in anticipation whether it's going to be Saturday or Sunday, but we will be there following you all along the way. Listen, again, I know you have to go because you have training at uh, later on there um, and you have to be there shortly. So apologies for the delay again. But as always, thank you very much for making yourself available to us here on Come On Kinds. And we will be chatting to you hopefully uh, with a victory next Monday evening 
evening after your game at the weekend. I look forward to that one, Martin. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks, Thank you. Thanks, John. Right. That Thanks, was, of Thanks, course, John Scott, the intermediate manager. Anya, uh, an intriguing battle between the two, as John said, whether it be hurling, camogie at any age group, Wexford and Kilkenny always bring out the best of one another. As he said, you know, it was one of the ones that maybe you wanted to avoid. Yeah. But when you look at the uh, the calibre of the teams that's left in the competition still, um, you know, it wouldn't get any easier whether we had to play Waterford or Wexford uh, or Antrim, I should say. And Wexford is probably thinking to themselves, how unlucky can we be that we have topped the group yeah. with a 100% record yeah. and we're still involved in a quarter final? I know. And I feel like Wexford are the team that we've been nearly harping on about the whole way through this division two league because they have been just absolutely lighting it up altogether. And we have to remember that they probably haven't had a lot of the Aulard de Bala girls as well. So when you put them back into it, God only knows what kind of an outfit you're going to come out with. Um, for Kilkenny, yeah, I do think it's probably is the toughest draw that they could come out with. When you think about it, you've got Antrim and Waterford who have gone straight, straight through to a semi-final. Yep. They're two senior teams. You've got Cork and Galway who are in the other quarter final. You know, <laughs> You know, it's definitely the top two teams that they're in the top two, the two or three teams at senior level. So like their intermediates are going to be absolutely outstanding as well. And then you have Kilkenny going up against Wexford and other senior teams. So by no means at all is Division 2, you know, a, a second fiddle grade to be getting out of it. It's probably one of the toughest grades you have to play in. You know, certainly you, is when you're looking at yeah, the scores. Like, like you're, you're, you're on about Wexford, right? I, just, I have the statistics here in front of me. Wexford in their five games that they have played or four games they have played they have scored 662 mm. in total and they have only conceded 235, yeah. right? You look at Antrim, Antrim has scored 11 goals and 30 points, conceded one goal and nine points. Yeah, It's phenomenal. And Waterford is there and Waterford has 438 for conceded eight points. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. Like, and you know, six teams left and it's just 50% of them easy, senior. You know? Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. Like it's, it's a very, you know, I think the, I think the two division two quarterfinals are going to be exceptional games. Um, and I think, you know, it's for whoever gets out of them, you're not going to be saying who you prefer in a, who you'd prefer in a semifinal because either Washford or Antrim are going to be two do very tough opponents. Um, I think Kilkenny will have a lot to do this weekend, but, you know, for John, I think, you know, this is a, certainly an opportunity to see where some of the girls, especially in particular, I feel the new girls and, you know, the girls coming up from minor level last year, I think it's going to give him a better understanding of, you know, the level that they're up to and where exactly they kind of stand with him for, you know, for his hopes when they go into the um, Leinster Championship and the All-Ireland Championship. Um, you know, Wexford are going to be good, but Kilkenny, I feel like, you know, I feel like they were disappointed after the Washford game. You know, as he said, the weather was absolutely atrocious down there that day, but I think they would have learned a lot from it. And I think just being able to kind of get over that hurl and beat Westmead. I think will have to have done an awful lot for them for the confidence. When we were talking to him last week, he was even kind of saying the likes of the Neve Lahys and these girls who have been around so long at the intermediates and who just couldn't seem to get over the hurl against Westmead. That's going to be a massive um, confidence boost for them. So I think Kilkenny will be relatively confident going into this game. Um, they will obviously know the threat that Wexford are going to impose on them. But I think, you know, every game for them at this stage is an added bonus and I think they should be very very proud because you know there's only three intermediate teams actually left out of the six in it and they're one of them so I think they can very much hold their head up high in regards to that It can be a battle of the defences because yeah. Kilkenny has scored six goals and 19 points conceded no goal yeah. they have conceded 29 points I mean 
you know, that's great going into it. Wexford hasn't really uh, conceded that many goals, albeit uh, two in total in the four games. The forwards are well able to score. The backs are able to defend. It's going to be a right battle. And if Kilkenny can keep in tow with them going into the last quarter of the game, they're in with a fantastic chance of upsetting the cards because let's be honest we have said it that Wexford is probably one of the favourites to come out of the Division 2 this year between themselves Waterford and Antrim they were the three favourites we said all along you know but keep with them for the, the last 15 minutes and anything can happen Yeah I certainly think so and I feel like with Wexford you know they probably do have an expectation that they should be in a they should be in a final. Whereas for Kilkenny, I think you know they're just taking every game as it comes, and they're more not that they're more relaxed, but they're more kind of appreciating that they're getting a they're getting a step further every every time that they go out and play. And I think that's what's going to stand to Kilkenny as well. I think that there's no pressure on Kilkenny at all. All the pressure is on Wexford, and Wexford needs to be coming out trumps in this game. And you know. They're overwhelming favourites yeah, going are, into this absolutely. game, let's be honest. And so like Kilkenny have absolutely nothing to lose for it. And I think what's really good for Kilkenny as well is, you know, John hasn't had um, the same 15 out in every game. He's constantly trying new players as well. And to still be able to keep up and get really good scores and hold your defence solid as well, that's a massive, massive booster for Kilkenny yep. too. So I will be saying, like you just said, if Kilkenny can keep into them the last for the last 15, 10 minutes, anything could happen. And I really do think Kilkenny will push on. We have to remember, and I always keep on going back to this, Kilkenny were beaten in an All-Ireland final last year. They have an awful lot of hurt from that mm-hmm. and they're not going to want to put themselves in that, into that situation again. We have to remember that they were beaten by Meath in the league quarterfinal last year, Blow and Burr, and how we will never forget that. So they're also hurt from that as well. And a lot of these girls aren't going to want to have to have a repeat of that too. So I do think... Tables Kilkenny, are kind of slightly turned on that one a bit. Kenny went into that game as overwhelming favourites, yeah. Dennis, and look what Meath done to exactly. us. last. And as I said, last minute, nobody would have expected a two points in it. Mm-hmm. Meath go along, get the goal, lose by a point. Yeah. A bloody horrible way to do it. But as you said, that hurt is there. And John will be saying that to the girls, you know, and giving that as motivation to go in against Wexford. Yeah, absolutely. I think he will. And I think that's what's going to be really important for Kilkenny. But I wouldn't have any fear of them. I think, you know, the girls have matured a lot than they would have, was say, in the previous 12 months. And, you know, the experience alone to playing in all Ireland finance and playing in Crow Park, that's bound to stand for them. And I think with a lot of the newer girls that are after coming into the panel, I think that's really after strengthening up. I know we can talk about all these girls that have maybe have left the panel or gone travelling or, you know, for some reason aren't available. But I do think the girls that are coming have that have come in are just as good and are just as capable. So I wouldn't have any qualms about, you know, it maybe being, um, you know, a weaker, a so-called weaker Kilkenny panel because I don't think it is. I think, you know, they're just as strong and they're just as, they're just as strong and they have that want just as much as they did last year. Well, actually, just as you said that, um, I was going through the the Twitter uh, account because it obviously comes into the phone as well um, because the Kilkenny Camogie was tagged in it and someone had tagged that the, the game was going ahead this weekend was Wexford was playing at Kilkenny Camogie second string team. I mean, I thought to myself, how bloody disrespectful can you actually put on that, that you're calling somebody like a team that has got to an All-Ireland final last year, a second string team? It's just absolute ignorance. I'm sorry, but it is. It's it's just ignorance at the end of the day. Like, you know, we had this whole debate um a couple of years ago when obviously the intermediates couldn't play their uh, their All-Ireland series and they were, you know, they were being called the second team. Okay, and I get it, right, okay, they are the second team in the county. You know, every team has it, but 
I suppose it was just the way it was being portrayed across in the public. It felt like they're just the second team. They don't matter. It doesn't bother Rose. They're not an elite team. Of course, they're an elite team. They train three, four nights a week. They train just as hard as their the senior counterparts, same, yeah. as their male counterparts. They have more right to be there than anybody else. And for Wexford, you know, let's be fair now, you know, they're after, they're down division too. So like, you know, they can call themselves a second fiddle team as well if they want, because if they were any good, they should be up playing division. Well, in one. fairness, now, to what anyone in Wexford, well, it was someone that was there, <laughs> but like, I don't think if we were to go down that road no. and put down on us that we were playing a, a second string team in Wexford either, like that anyone would be happy. But we wouldn't say it. No, that's we the wouldn't, point. Like, fairness. We wouldn't actually say it. Um, and I think that's very, it's, that's very um, disrespectful, you know, towards any player. Um, be it you're playing on you know a junior intermediate senior team or if you're playing on the minor A team or the minor B team or the minor C team it doesn't make a difference you're still doning your county colours you're still putting them on you're still um, you know going out training three four nights a week you're putting in the same commitment as everybody else you know that's just the way it is um, and I, I mean, don't you take it Offaly won the B all Ireland in the minor yep. last weekend I mean nobody is and I mean Offaly certainly wouldn't take kindly to be told oh you're only playing in the B division like you're a second string team no. for God's sake like they're trying to build up there as well and get the players up to it and they're doing a fantastic job up there the same as every other county in it and fair play to them for winning the B Championship and if they're good enough to win the B Championship and they make the step forward to go up into A all the better for themselves so why should someone come along and call them a B or a second string team because all oh, because they're not playing in an A division Well, doesn't make sense do it no I'd take any All-Ireland any day of the week like I would and you know it always comes back to it and I remember like you know I remember when we won the Intermediate All-Ireland in uh, 2016 and people like you know you know, once the hype had kind of died down, they'd be like, Asher, it's just an intermediate All-Ireland. And I felt like turning around and being like, well, sorry, it's an All-Ireland medal. I don't care what grade it's at. I still have an All-Ireland medal in my back pocket. Regardless of what grade it's at, it doesn't make a difference. Nope. Um, you know, show me what you have is kind of like, you know, my attitude to it. And, oh, these no, key, I don't these like keyboard it. warriors anyway. Drives yeah. me no, I don't like it. Like that, I like don't it. like it. And, you know, and I'm sure Wexford Komogi won't be happy with that comment either. Like, you know, they want, they don't want it portrayed because when you read it out to me, I straight away jumped on the bandwagon thinking it was them. No, in, but, fa- you know, no, in fairness, but it's not it them. Not, <laughs> it was nothing to do with Wexford Komogi. But I'm was, sure yeah. they're not going to be, they obviously wouldn't be happy about, the, you know, the disrespect that's shown to another county and a neighboring county as well. Um, You know, it's just, and I know it's just one word and whoever brought it up probably didn't think that you know it would cause as much of a ruction but unfortunately you know when you're sometimes when you've, when you've heard it all before and you're sick of listening to it it does kind of you know bring back a bit of attention for it but listen it is what it is the girls just have to go out and showcase their talent and hopefully come out with Wexford or wherever the game is going to be with a win but it's going to be a colossal battle and, and a big day for them as well It will and we know that it will be in a Wexford venue and no doubt it's going to be a great battle and one we're looking forward to is just while we mentioned the minor earlier on we have to uh, mention Theresa Rowe of course former Carrick Shock woman now living in Roscommon she's part of the management team up there that uh, Roscommon got to the Shield final of the minor All-Ireland Championship uh, they won their semi-final last weekend so Theresa if you're listening to it best to look in the final you know that you have Kilkenny behind you and I can tell you one thing Theresa Rowe is certainly not saying that Roscommon is a second string team up there even though it might be a Shield final she will be delighted if Roscommon go out and win any kind of a bit of silverware whatsoever and the very best of luck to you all in Roscommon and to Theresa as well so 
Honda Rossies. That's all <laughs> I'll say with that one. Uh, going back then to the Division 2, obviously we know the quarterfinal draws because Cork and Galway is going to be in the next one. Mm-hmm. That's going to be as a neutral venue. It won't be an easy game either. No. Um, and just on that then, we obviously have the other side of it then when you go down to the relegation battle um, and you have Leash and Tipperary who was in the uh, first round because there's three teams in it and whoever wins that game is safe. They're staying in Division 2. The runner-up then goes and plays Kildare in the relegation final. So that's not going to be easy for anyone, but we'll take Cork and Galway first anyway in the other quarterfinal. Yeah, Cork and Galway, I think that's going to be very, very tight. I suppose, you know, every team that was probably left in it who have to play a quarterfinal were probably hoping that they didn't have to meet Wexford. Unfortunately, Kilkenny have pulled that out. Um, But I do think for the Cork and Galway game, you would have to maybe favour the edge being with Galway. I just feel like after their victory at the weekend, current senior All-Ireland champions, Sarsfields winning the club All-Ireland, there is a bit of momentum with Gal- currently with Galway at the moment. Um, You know, so I do think they probably will come out of that one. I think it'll be a very, very tight battle. It always is. Cork-Galway games are always, they're always tight games and the rivalry in them as well. Like, um, So you would have to fancy um Galway in that game. Okay, and the relegation, then obviously we take the first game between Leash and Tipperary up first, which is on this weekend. I just, I think Tipperary are going to go down. I really do. I feel like Leash are going to come out on top of that. And I think Tipperary are going to end up facing Kildare then in the relegation final. And I just cannot see Tipperary staying up in Division 2. And it's absolutely no disrespect to any of the players or anyone involved. Just the way the results the, are going with yeah, them at the just minute. just the yeah. form that they're in at the moment. And I just don't think that they've shown enough within the league and you know what they probably are a division three team to be fair to them and it's not fair in the players either going out and getting you know getting hockeyed every weekend It's re- it doesn't do any anything for anyone's confidence and you would have to imagine like you know they are a junior team they are going to be playing at junior level as well like so you would imagine it's a very very young team too so you know confidence and especially at girls that age you know, it, it doesn't help at all. Um, but unfortunately for Tipperary, I, I don't think they're going to see the the easy side of that. Now, listen, I could be completely wrong with that, but you would have to fancy Leash to come out of that game. Yeah, it's certainly not going to be easy and not a nice place to be either when you are going down to uh, a grade. Obviously, then the Division 1, we know who's going to be playing Cork. Um, they came out of our game last weekend after a thriller. We had to wait. Galway had two games to go. We said it last week on our podcast that if Tipperary could win it, we'd go down to the last game yeah. uh, with Galway and awfully that's not going to happen now because Galway came away with a victory against Tipperary albeit in controversial circumstances yeah. uh, last weekend to qualify for the league final yeah it's like um, any like what's that any news is good any any news is good news when it comes to promoting it and I think you know when I, when I was on Twitter there the other day I just felt like it was literally just coming up official Tipperary Camogie and official Galway Camogie because everybody was just tweeting it and you know they were showing clips of it and even though you can't really see the towards the end of the clip of why like you know a player was was sent off I do think that you know from what I could see Casey Hennessy came in and she flicked the ball away she got the ball you could see she was I going for yeah. the ball and it was as clear as day she was going for the ball yeah. and she won it um, you know my heart would have to go out to Tipperary I felt like they led that game the whole way along they were doing so so well well, Just that was only Galway. one clip, but I think the free that actually won it for mm. uh, Galway at the end. And I can understand why Bill Milani was so incensed. And 
he was actually almost spitting fire out of his mouth because Tipperary had won the ball as yep. clean as a whistle. I don't know which of the Tipperary girls it was, but they were going forward with it. The Galway girl, in my opinion, when I was watching it, initiated the contact. The Tipperary girl had no reason to charge whatsoever. Yeah. And the free was given to Galway on the 45 metre line and that was the free that won the game for Galway. And if I had been at the game and in fairness, if I was Bill Milani, I would be incensed. Mm. Now, you and me have had this discussion as many a game when it comes to players in possession and whether they are or not charging with a ball under the current Camogie rules. And if this is going to persist, something is going to have to change in the rules yeah. when it comes to the contact because I can't see for the life of me unless a girl literally pushes a player out of the way. Yeah. If she has the ball in her hand and she's going forward or solo running, and two girls collide. How can the girl that's in possession be the instigator of a foul? Now, unless it's blatant, as I said, and yeah. the hurl comes out and pushes her out of the way, there is no way a girl in possession is going to foul to give her team and give away a free against her. No, and especially not 45 metres out from the goal and you're um, a draw match. Like, you know, it's not going to happen. I think I can totally understand why he was outraged by it. I do feel like you know, poor old Tip again, just being pipped at the final hurl. And, you know, we have, you know, I've spoken about them for a long time now and I feel like they have been making massive strides at they senior have, yeah. level. They have, to be fair to them. You know, they came within five points last year of Galway and, you know, to become within a point should of them. Should have bet us should, in the semi-final yeah, exactly. the league. And you know what, they should have bet Galway and they'll probably be kicking themselves, but I do think that's only going to make them stronger this year. And I do think Tipperary could be the ones to watch as well, all depending how the championship goes. I know like every team nearly takes a step up but I feel like Tipperary have nearly proved themselves last weekend that they're there, they mean business and they're ready to take that step up as well and they want any team to come at them. It would have been a massive, massive achievement for Tipperary to win that game at the weekend. I think it would have given them a massive boost altogether. But, you know, good old Galway showing their resilience. Don't, don't you know, cave under pressure. Just keep ticking away and, you know, slot Rebecca Henley slotting over the, the winning free there to put Galway and Cork into um, another league final. Yeah, and Cahill bringing on the, um, the McGrath as well yeah. to uh, to shore up that def- uh, attack as well yeah. and to get Galway over the line. You know, they're, they're never finished until it is no. finished. But I, I do feel sorry for poor Bill because, I mean, he didn't get to play in the 2020 uh, league final after they get into it. Um, you know, didn't qualify for the 2021 league final. And then to have the league final in their sight, albeit, let's be yeah. honest, there was no guarantee they were going to be in it depending on what happened with Galway and Offaly, yeah. but they had the chance of being there. Yeah. And I think it should have went on the field and not by a decision that I only saw a clip of online. Yeah. So I can't say can't I wasn't at it. I can only comment on what I seen from the video that was online. And to me, it was the completely wrong decision. And I can understand why Bill uh, was very incensed by that. But Again, that's going to give him a lot of ammunition going forward to the championship as, you know, what you have to do now, yeah. you know, everyone is against us and the whole lot and you have to go and perform and the whole lot was Tipperary will be there thereabouts and come a championship as well. Yeah, I think they will. And I think, you know, as much as they would have wanted to win, 
I do think, you know, that would have probably stood, that game at the weekend would probably stand to them with regards to bottling emotions and bottling feelings and all that. I think it will stand to them and I think it will, um, it'll grow their character as well. And I think they are certainly going to be a massive, massive force when it comes to the championship as well. I think they're going to pull out a couple of shocks as well come the championship this year. They're threatening it every year for the last couple of years. And, you know, I think it's, you know, Tipperary could be, I think they could be trying to definitely make the breakthrough. They have imposed themselves as in the top four teams in the country, yep. um, but they want to go that one step further. And, you know, Schlieven and Mahon will be, surely be baiting down in Thurless if, if it does come to that. But I do think they are, they certainly are getting closer and closer to it. They certainly are. And something that's getting closer as well is the All-Stars that is back on uh, Friday night, um, which I'm assuming it's going back to the original format of in-person um, at the hotel and not going to be uh, virtually done online. We know that Kilkenny is in the running for a couple of nominations. We have seven uh, at senior level. Galway is uh, topping it with 12. Carr comes in with 10. Kilkenny with seven. Um, and out of the seven, uh, we have Eva Norris on goal. Davina Tobin and Colette in the full back line. Megan Farrell is nominated in midfield. Uh, and then the half forward line, we have Denise Gall, Katie Nolan and Mary O'Connell. Tipperary have five. Waterford with one and Down have one. So we have 36 players um, in the reckoning there for uh, the All-Stars. So if you were picking your All-Star committee, okay, so let's go with the goalkeepers. So out of the three that's nominated, you have Sarah Healy, you have Amy Lee of Cork and you have Ethan Orris of Kilkenny. So who are you picking? Um, I would probably have to go with Amy Lee from Cork. I just think last year she had an outstanding year and I really, I feel like, you know, she had big boots to fill after Aoife Murray going and I do think she did that really, really well. Um, so I do think, um, I do think she could end up pipping in there. Um, but, you know, I don't have a clue when it comes to the All-Stars because God only knows what's going on and who's picking them, to be fair. Um, but I would imagine that Amy Lee from Cork that would be who I would be having on uh, on my All-Star team would be Amy Lee from Cork. Okay, well, let's see how many that you do get, Roy, not putting you on the pressure. So out of the full back line, then you can see the nominations that's there. You have Shauna Healy, Galway, Davina Tobin, Kilkenny, Derville Higgins, Galway, Colette Dormer, Kilkenny, Sarah Dervin, Galway, Libby Coppinger of Cork and Mary Ryan of Tipperary. So pick your three out of the full back line. Okay, definitely for me. Colette Dormer has to be in there at cornerback at number four. I think last year she was absolutely exceptional and I would be shocked if she didn't get an all-star. I really would. Um, I feel like Dervla Higgins from Galway, I thought she was unreal as well last year. Um, she'd probably go in there at number two. And then like, listen, I suppose like your most natural full back there at the moment is Sarah Dervin, but are we just giving it to her because it's a full back position? Like, you know, it's hard to know there, but Shawnee Healy was excellent as well. Um, you know, Mary Ryan was very good. Davina was obviously excellent. Um, but just, go, I suppose, listen, if I was going for it now, I'd have to go with Sarah Dervin from Galway. Okay, so that's your uh, full back line. I'm surprised Derval is actually there because she spent most of her time uh, kind of at the the half back line, kind of a yeah. wing back rather than in the full back line. But anyway, that's your uh, full back line. So your half back line, then you have a choice of Megan Farrell, Kilkenny, Laura Hayes from Cork, Katrina Cormack in Galway, Siobhan Gardner, Galway, Laura Tracy from Cork, Emma Hellebert for Galway and Saoirse McCarthy from Cork as well. So... Pick your three halfbacks there. Okay, I'm going to go with Laura Hayes from Cork at five. I'm going to go Emma Helbert 
Galway at six. And I am. You're hesitating, are you sure? No. <laughs> um, oh God. You see, I wouldn't have a team without Meg Farrell, but I don't know if she's going to get into it because Kilkenny were knocked out in the in a semi-final, semifinal, to be yeah. fair. Um, like you're looking at Siobhan Gardner there from Galway. She had an exceptional year as well. Um, Laura Tracy was also They all good. did. And this yeah. is why everyone have a problem at the the okay. All-Stars. So but go on anyway, what I'm going come to on. do is I'm going to go Siobhan Gardner. I'm going to go Laura Hayes, Emma Helbert and Siobhan Gardner. Okay, so Emma is going in there and uh, who did the other one? Siobhan Gardner, you said, was it? Gardner, yeah. Uh, just trying to find her on my list. Oh, it's the halfback line I'm trying to look at. Yeah. Yep, okay, there we go. So just to be sure. Right, uh, your midfielders then. You have a choice of Neve Kilkenny from Galway, Hannah Leone Cork, Ashling Thompson Cork, Arena uh, Friday Tipperary and Shona Corn from Waterford. Okay, I'm going to go with Neve Kilkenny and Arena Friday from Tipperary. Okay, so Arena and who was the second, did you say? Neve Kilkenny. Okay. Uh, your half forward line then, you have a choice of Eva Donahue from Galway, Denise Gall from Kilkenny, Chloe Sigerson of Cork, Orla O'Dwyer, Tipperary, Katie Nolan from Kilkenny, Mary O'Connell, Kilkenny, and Roisin Howard of Tipperary. <laughs> hey. Okay. Aoife uh, Donahue definitely for Kilkenny or for Galway. Um, well, we, we we take even Kilkenny, all right, but okay. Do you know no. what? I think Roisin Howard will probably get a centre forward position there. I think she would absolutely deserve it. Okay. And then you'd have to go. I you couldn't imagine an All Star team without Denise Gall on it. But then Katie Nolan should be in there as well. So yeah, this could, is any anyway, they could yeah. change that around. Put one of them inside. Nope. It goes um, on what the the nominations are there. So okay. yeah, I think I listen. I think we'll have to go with Denise Gall. Okay. Uh, and then your full forward line, then you have uh, Siobhan McGrath from Galway, Aidish O'Reilly from Galway, Katrina Mackey from Cork, Neve Mallon of Down, Orla McGrath from Galway, Koth Devan Tipperary and Amy O'Connor of Cork. Okay, so realistically, Siobhan and Orla McGrath are probably going to get one from Galway. But then you have to look at it. Neve Mallon was the top scorer in the senior championship last year and Koth Devan wasn't too far behind her. So one of the Galway girls is going to lose out for for them there. I wouldn't, I would have caught Devan. I would on, have caught Devan all day Put long. your neck on it. So you're putting okay, caught I'm in full forward. Caught in on full forward. Yep. And I am going to go with Siobhan McGrath and I'm going to go Neve Mallon. So you're going Neve Mallon. Yeah, I don't see how you can have an all-star team without your top scorer of the whole championship. But I stand to be corrected. Okay, so you're going with Amy Lee on goal. Your full back line then of Kalesh Davina and Sarah Dervin. You have Laura Hayes, Emma Hellerbert and Siobhan Gardner in the half back line. Uh, you have Arena Friday and Eve Kilkenny in midfield. You have Aoife Donahue, Roisin Howard and Denise Gall in the half forward line. And Siobhan McGrath, Koth Devan and Neve Mallon in the full forward line. Interesting. Right. Well, we'll certainly know how that goes on Friday. Uh, we will watch that with bated breath and see what you can get right with that one. Obviously, the Soaring Stars is out as well um, on Friday. So we have Antrim with 10, Kilkenny with 10, Galway with 5, Meath with 4 and Leash with 1. So 
there's 30 shortlisted for that. I'm not going to ask you to go through uh, and name all of the soaring stars as well. We have 10 representatives from Kikenny. We have Sinead Farrell on uh, the goal. In the full back line, we have Neve Lahey and Roisin Phelan. In the half back line, we have Sarah Crowley and Leanne Fenley. In midfield, we have Kira Phelan. In the half forward line nominations, we have Eva Hines and Sarah Welsh. And in the full forward line, we have Kira O'Keefe and Sophie O'Dwyer. So they are the 10 Kilkenny players. So realistically, how many do you think that we're looking at? Okay, I think Roisin Phelan should get one. Um, I think Sarah Crowley should get one. Um, if we're basing it on an All-Ireland final from last year, Sarah and the work rate throughout every single match she played in, and even though she mightn't have got on the scoreboard, but her work rate, Sarah Walsh, should get one. Um, I would say you're probably looking, I would imagine you're probably looking at the bones of maybe three or four Kilkenny girls getting them, but I would be very, I would be shocked if Roisin Field and Sarah Crowley and Sarah Walsh didn't get one. And that's no disrespect to any, because I will get shot at home in the Farrell household for not mentioning Sinead. But I would be shocked if those three girls didn't get one, I'm not saying the rest of them won't, but I will be shocked. I do think it is going to be heavily dominated by Antrim. You know, we've seen the year that they had, the scores that they were raking up. Um, I do think, I do think you are going to have three, possibly four Kilkenny girls that, that will get into the frame there. Okay, well, we'll wait with Bay the Brett on that. And obviously, we wish Sarah Crowley the very best of luck as well, not only because she may get an all-star on Anya's list, but she's also nominated for the Players' Player of the Year as well in that category. So we will watch that with Bay to Brett um, as well and see how that goes. So that is it almost uh, at the end coming up for the intercounty season depending on results for the uh, the weekend the 16s are going well the 14s have completed their trials and um, so they're going to be starting in their one day blitzes which we will keep you all updated with uh, the 16s um, are still going uh, away and they are going to go the schools competitions are now finished unfortunately you're Old Alba Martyr was out in the Junior A replay last weekend above in Freshford, or not Freshford, I was going to say Freshford, in Johnstown above in Fenians. And the Ursuline of Tipperary came away with victory in that one by a goal. So disappointment again for the Loretta. Uh, junior A and the Senior uh, all kind of gone in the one go. And commiserations to St. Bridges and Ballycallan as well because they lost out in... Uh, the final, I think it was the B final Um, they were in and that was played out in Callan uh, and I can't remember who it was against Um, and I had it written down on a piece of paper and it went on me. Oh, it's like a team from Tipperary as well because I know they were tweeting uh, about it. So commiserations to Noel and all involved there with um, St. Bridget's out in Callan uh, as well. But Mr. McGuire, the head of sport in KCLR, told us this evening that KCLR 96FM has been awarded the Mick Dunn Memorial uh, Award for the Media Awards with the Camogie Association. And I don't think I've let the cat out of the bag on that one early. Maybe I have and I'm going to get shot, but he has got an email and it's already gone out live with Sue and Nunn on the way it is earlier on this afternoon. So... It's great to be getting a war for Camogie uh, related events. And um, I suppose with John Purcell, CEO here in KCLR, with Ken, the head of sports, and Pat Gardner, the station manager, um, and all the team that's involved with Scoreline to uh, Shane, Robbie, uh, Sinead, 
uh, Wexford woman. We were not talking to Sinead at the minute until after the weekend because we don't want to be giving away secrets. But it's a it's great to be getting recognised, um, and we are part of that with podcast and the commentary and the whole lot. Um, and it's great to be able to get recognised for the promotion of Camogie within the county and throughout uh, the association as well. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, credit where credit's due, KCLR have been very accommodating over the last two, three years and, you know, and beyond that. But I think it's really after coming to the fore over the last two or three years, um, you know, they have literally gone out of their way to try and push Camogie and, you know, not just Camogie, all other sports, but I suppose because we're so heavily involved with Camogie, like that's the one that we're kind of focusing on. Yep. Um, You know, and I think, you know, it's, there's never been like a nearly a question that or anything you've asked has never been too big or too small, you know, that you've asked them to do or asked them, could you have help in? Um, it's been excellent. And I think, you know, the feedback and the coverage that you're kind of getting from everyone, it's great to see. And I think particularly in Kilkenny, I think, the, you know, the girls are becoming a lot more well known because of the, you know, the publicity that they're really getting and the media attention that they're getting. And it is great to see. And it's, it's you know, it's long overdue as well. And they completely deserve it. And, you know, and that's all down to the lads inside there in the, in the studio. I think they've been absolutely brilliant. And it's nearly like a fresh, a breath air to know that, you know, they're not, it's not, they're not just interested in, you know, the hurling or the, you know, the soccer or the Gaelic football or the rugby, that they really are interested in women's sport and that they are pushing it. And it is great to see. And, you know, I suppose they have worked very hard for it and they are, they do deserve that, that award because they certainly have promoted Camogie and Kilkenny and be, just being able to travel around to all the different venues and to do the live commentary on the matches as well has been absolutely excellent to see as well. And I think other other counties are actually slowly starting to follow in that in following that routine as well, which is good to see. And I think every county ne- nearly needs to take it amongst themselves to get out there and pr- promote their county at that level so we can actually push it as a whole unit then across the whole uh, the whole country. Um, yeah, so it's a great, it's a great achievement for them and it's it's certainly well deserved because they have done an awful lot of work for Kilkenny Camogie. Yeah, they certainly have. And I know that they deserve all the accolades that they uh, they get. Um, we were in with Sue Nunn earlier on, as I said, before you managed to uh, to get to the building um, earlier on. We were nabbed while we were going through our little pre-ritual as usual to go get an interview with her. Um, and as Ken was saying, back in 2019, like I think it was two games um, was done. Then 2020, there was a couple done for the championship, including the All-Ireland Final, which was great experience. Then last year, I think we were up to 14 games between league and championship and the whole lot. And already this year, there is 17 games booked in for live commentary, excluding what might crop up somewhere along the line with uh, this weekend. Hopefully, fingers crossed, if the fixtures can get it right, that the hurling and the camogie is not on the same day, we will certainly be out doing the uh, the camogie as well at the weekend. So fingers crossed um, for that one. But yeah, no, we certainly have to thank John, um, Ken and all the gang here in KCLR, I suppose, for allowing us to do what we do and maybe waffle on a small little bit about camogie uh, on a Monday or a Tuesday evening to uh, to leave it go out. And sometimes we get it right. Sometimes we don't get it right, but we love what we're doing and hopefully we're promoting uh, the game of Camogie and getting people interested in it and the people like listening to it. And don't forget, if you like or anything you want to discuss on Come On Kind when it comes to Camogie related issues, we're all over social media. Get in touch with us um, and we'll certainly, if we can, either discuss it, talk about it um, 
or put it out to the the listeners themselves. And of course, to you, the listeners, thank you very much for your continued support for following the podcast, downloading it, um, and it is available through all media uh, apps wherever you get it on Spotify and Apple and you name it all those different podcasts just go subscribe to it and enjoy but that's it from ourselves here in the KCLR studio on episode 8 of Come On Kind we are on season 2 we're enjoying the hell out of what we're doing and hopefully it's going to continue and next week on you before the countdown starts and you go off on your lovely adventure um we're going to miss you though now in fairness we're going to miss you but we have a good replacement lined up we have a good we have a good replacement lined up for you now in fairness as long as she's not going to take my place we will no 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 never you know we we might even do it as a threesome here now uh sometime and have two voices on a god help me then would i get a word in it all (laughs) on it um but we're going to be back next monday night as usual recording and it'll go out on the the tuesday uh or the wednesday as usual as well but that is it from the kclr studios here for this evening it's good night for me and it's thanks very much bye This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahmy. Yeah.